The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for the strategies, tips, techniques, and information you need to start or build your own successful real estate business. The Ohio Real Estate Association is holding a free webinar called 2015 Market Update this Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It is at no charge and open to anyone in the country who would like to hear about the strategies that are most likely to work in 2015. You can get more information or register for that web class at askvina.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A dot com. Uh, again, that is at 10 o'clock Eastern time this upcoming Saturday. The Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati holds its annual Meet Your Candidates Night. Uh, it is this evening in at receptions in Fairfield. Uh, there will be food, there will be drinks, and there will be candidates from all over the Hamilton and Butler County areas running primarily for the all-important state offices. State, that's the folks who control that law about landlords have to pay all the water bills just in case you're wondering. That is free and open to the public. We'd love you to RSVP, though, at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. The location and directions are there at CincinnatiRIA.com as well. Our topic today is one that we really haven't covered much here on Real Life Real Estate over the years because it's just super hard to find folks who have done this successfully enough to be experts at it. We're going to talk today about buying commercial bank-owned properties and notes. My guest today is Sue Nelson. She's the founder of REO Note Profits, and she teaches folks to do some of the stuff she has done, which involves buying commercial real estate straight from banks, either through their defaulted notes or as bank-owned property. She's joining us today from her home in Connecticut. Sue, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Oh, hello. How are you? <laughs> Very good, Sue. Um, are we hearing her okay, Mike? Because maybe I need to turn my headphones up here. Because I'm Okay, there she is. All right. Um, very good. I appreciate you being on today, Sue, because as I said, I mean, we, if we do like 52 shows a year here. Okay, call it 50 when, you know... Christmas and Thanksgiving <laughs> and whatnot, but and 
it's not often that we get something that's a a truly new topic uh, to real life real estate, but this is one of them. And the other interesting part of this story is that like seven years ago, you weren't even in real estate. And yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah, I was an art teacher, and, actually, high school art teacher. Yeah, and now you own like 1,500 units, and and you bought them from banks, and that's just, that's like, that's very interesting. So um, let's let's start just by, like, what's your story? How did, how did you go from, you know, finger paints to, well, I guess it was high school. How did you go from, <laughs> how did you go from, from dark pictures drawn by teenagers to owning, owning 1,500 units? What, what, why did you even get into real estate? Oh gosh, you know, um, it, it really, you know, I, I originally wanted to buy a three family and move my, my family into one of the units and live rent free. That was like my original, um, plan. Um, but, uh, actually it was a complete and utter sort of shift in, um, in my life. I suddenly had to make money. I loved being an art teacher. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I'm glad that I wasn't teaching finger painting. Um, I, 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 you know, I didn't mind teaching the dark teenagers, you know, it was cool. cool. I loved it. Um, but, uh, after my, my, my daughter was born, my daughter was born really, really sick and I suddenly didn't have a choice. I couldn't go back to, to teaching nine to five or whatever, eight to three, whatever it works out to be anymore. So I had to suddenly, and she was born so, so ill that I needed to figure out a way to make money and make money fast. So it, it was, it was very much pushed onto me. And in fact, I didn't want to go into real estate at all. I just, I just really needed to make money, and that, and my daughter took precedence. So, uh, and I just kept reading real estate, real estate, real estate was the way to do it. So it just kind of exploded. I went from a three-family, buying a three-family to buying 104 units about four months after. <laughs> um, so it was really. It was really kind of necessity, you know, born out of necessity. I didn't have any money at all. I needed to raise, raise, you know, I needed to uh, find investors. And um, my where I live, I'm from Connecticut, and uh, you're calling me there now, and everything was way overpriced, absolutely, completely overpriced. So I couldn't even buy three families here. So um, the closest property I actually ended up buying was a thousand miles away in uh, Tennessee. So, uh, and I just brought together the money, the private money. I raised private money for it, and um, and then I continue to own it now. Uh, it was the best thing I ever did, really. Mm-hmm. So nobody ever got around to telling you that an art teacher can't buy fifteen hundred units, huh? <laughs> Actually, I, you know what? I was a closeted uh, real estate investor. I didn't tell any of my friends and family what I was doing until I owned 500 units. I was so scared that they would say that I can't do it. And actually, to tell you the truth, you know, I'm pretty positive that's all they would have said mm-hmm. is that I can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I just had it, had it, <laughs> I just thought I could, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Now, the the other, I mean, it, it's not that we haven't talked about apartments or multifamilies or even REOs, but the combination of things that you do, which is, you know, basically go after the REOs that nobody else pays attention to, which is mm-hmm. the bigger buildings, uh, that that makes your sort of uh, arc so 
so fascinating. Now, we have listeners here on Real Life Real Estate that listen online at WMKVFM.org from all over the country. So let's talk to the folks from all over the country and say, where does this work? Are there particular particular markets that banks are more likely to sell a commercial REO cheap, or is it pretty much across the country? Well, uh, you know, I'm in eight different states. And um, I actually look at property in, in all of the states, and it works in all of the states. It works better um, in, in areas that are, uh, that you know, it's, it's a little harder to find sort of cash-flowing properties. I look for cash buying based on positive cash flow. So it's a little harder for me to find stuff on the West Coast, um, you know, in California and, and stuff. But there's a lot of, a lot of things that you can find that on the West Coast, too, that you could potentially wholesale. So really, my whole thing is when I talk to banks, I offer to buy both the note and the REO and sort of everything in between because it allows me to beat the market and it allows me to to start a, a, a good alliance with that person. And now I'm fixing their problem, regardless of whether or not it's a note or the REO. And, and really, really, I've found in, in my searches and what I do that all that you make all your money when you buy. So even if you can put this deal together and bring it to someone else who can f- finish it, the real money and the real profit is in that buy, whether or not it be a deal that you put together as a note or as an REO. So that's why I, I do it that way, and it's worked wonderfully for me. Um, over and for and for the my clients, mm-hmm. so um, it's been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Very good. We need to take a quick break. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate, talking today to Sue Nelson about her strategy of buying commercial REOs and notes. Also, taking your calls with any questions at eight seven 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 two nine six five eight, or you can also submit one by email by going to our website at askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, where today our topic is buying commercial uh, REOs and defaulted notes. And my guest today is Sue Nelson. Sue, as those of you who are attending the 2014 National New Strategy Summit, is uh, one of the speakers there and is uh, at the convention this year for the first, but I'm sure not the last time, given that, uh, you know, she has this very unusual thing that she does. And Sue... I suspect there's not a ton of competition in this particular arena. Uh, um, actually, you know what? It, it really does beat the competition. Um, and, and that's where it's really – and that's where it does work very well from the West Coast, um, where it's heat, more of a heated market, is that by kind of negotiating both note, the note or the REO or um, whatever stage it's in with the bank, um, it's really helped me – bypass that market mm-hmm. um but it Vina, i can't wait to come to to your convention i am i have heard about that convention uh ever since i started real estate investing and i have to say and i, I know i told you this before but i want to tell everyone on the call i mean you are a complete hero to me i i watched you were the first person who ever explained wholesaling to me, and um, you're just a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> so to be able to come and speak on your stage just means 
like the world to me. It's 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 such an honor. Well, we we definitely appreciate you coming, especially all the way from Connecticut to join us in little Cincinnati here. But of course, we are going to have you know six hundred fifty people from all over the country uh, at that event. So. Yeah. Uh, should be should be a good audience for you, and I'm I'm guessing you're going to have a super popular topic here because it's just not something it's not something other people are really talking about. Now, for for listeners who I don't know might be used to dealing with residential REOs, which you know are dominated by Fannie Mae and Bank of America, Wells Fargo, you know all the big all the big players. Is that are, are those the kinds of institutions you're dealing with, or are you more looking for the local bank credit union, the folks to whom taking back a hundred unit apartment building is actually a really big deal? You know, um, surprisingly enough, uh, I've, I've always I started uh, mostly with regional banks. Um, my favorite are like a tri-state state bank, a bank that has a footprint of maybe three states. Um, you know, uh, that's always been a really good size. Uh, so in the beginning, I would have told you, or even, you know, even halfway through, I would have told you that you can't do it through the big banks, um, as well. And it's, it's really difficult. Um, and now I, now, now I won't say that anymore. Um, it really is all of the banks, uh, pretty much all the banks, no matter what size they are. They all sell their notes, and um, and most of them all sell their REOs too. So you're so it really doesn't matter the size. However, I have found that I like the tri-state banks uh, more, and the smaller some of the community banks as as well. They have had great successes with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you can do them with the larger banks. You know, mm-hmm. we've been able to do deals with. Bank of America and Wells Fargo and the larger banks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that a lot of folks who are in the real estate business understand the position that some of these community banks are in. Uh, yeah, first of all, for, for a long time, they have been the easiest lenders to go to for the, the smaller multifamilies. You know, if you're looking to buy an eight unit or a 20 unit and you want it financed, and you have a relationship with your little local bank. You know, a lot of times they would write you a loan that you couldn't get through one of the big commercial brokers who were going to sell it to Bank of America or something just because it wasn't big enough. You know, they just, they're not interested right. in those kinds of loans. And, but also, so many of the community and regional banks are teetering on the edge of, uh, of uh, an FDIC takeover. Mm-hmm. And and when they mm-hmm. when they get back a sizable when, when a note goes bad on a sizable loan or they it looks like they're going to get back a property that that has a sizable loan on it that could literally be enough of a percentage of their assets to to put them under if they that is absolutely correct that is absolutely correct and if they were to decrease the the um, the loan amount or or a lot of times and in fact. By the way, I, I did this in Ohio. I can't tell you the bank that I did do this with, um, but I but I bought a hundred unit um, apartment complex from a bank, a local bank, uh, more of a regional bank in Ohio, and um, so it's definitely being done there. And they, I helped them get it to a foreclosure, and then they took took back the entire loan because now it's a good loan again. So, so you guys, you guys can't say you can't do it in Ohio because I uh, did it myself there, 
and um, and it really is incredible. That bank was teetering on on bankruptcy and being taken over because of this one loan, and that and that's very much the case when you think about what kind of um, what the, these banks are under. You know, now you're talking about a two million dollar loan. And they're used to doing all hundred thousand dollar loans or thirty thousand dollar loans. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, or tractor loans or car <laughs> loans, you know, the, the, the asset value of a $2 million, um, asset is just huge for mm-hmm. them. And if that goes under there, they've got some serious problems. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you're really the hero, you know, you can really help these, um, you can help the banks, you can help, um, the new owners, you can hope to help the residents because you really do kind of a nice overhaul. Uh, banks don't really know how to run property. So now, you know, I always put in a community center. We have after-school activities and all sorts of great things that enrich the community. So it's, a, it's an awesome thing to do. And, and literally, I could have taken that contract and, like, uh, total Venus style, uh, wholesaled that contract. Um, Venus style, sorry. Um, uh, it totally wholesaled that contract, you know, so we, I don't even have to close on it necessarily mm-hmm. um, if I was just starting out. Mm-hmm. Now, when you when you locate these these bad loans or REOs or things that are about to become REOs, are, are they typically something that that the bank has let the public know is available or are you kind of the only bidder on that particular property? They absolutely 100% will not uh, let the public know, and um, they don't want to. They don't, and a lot of times they don't want to put it openly on the market, um, and that's why you know a lot of people are saying, "Well, you can't do that," or, you know, you, because it's not openly on the market. They're not going to broadcast it. And on top of it, if I buy a note, say for 1.5, let's say I buy a large note. Let's just say I buy a note for a hundred thousand. Um, and the face value of that note or what was owed on that note was 200000 Um, It's still the face value of that note, and what's, what's um, on the record is a $200,000 note. So it's a perfect way for the bank to disguise it as well and not be affected by their own comparables mm-hmm. because the transfer doesn't, you know, change. So, so, it's a, so it does. It, keep, it keeps it off the market. And, and I know that a lot of people on the call – Say, gosh, I could never do a large deal like this. Um, or I'm just starting out. I'm just in real estate. I could never do a large deal like this. That's the beauty of this is you only need to do, you only need to make even the contact and, um, and start the process. And there's a bunch of people who would buy that, pro- basically buy that contract from you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, so this is a perfect thing for brand new people in real estate as well. You can kind of go big. Um, get into commercial, get where it really is where the, in my opinion, we're the best place to buy right now. Um, but of course, we all feel that way because, you know, all, you know, we have, we have what's working. Um, there's wonderful strategies out there, tons of them. Um, this is just a wonderful way for even a brand new person to get involved. Mm-hmm. Now we're we're not gonna we're not gonna spend time on like the evaluation of the properties because we actually have uh, if if folks go to our our podcast we've got discussions about that with Anthony Chara and we've got discussions about managing them with Mr. Landlord and so that part of it is all important in deciding whether it's a good deal and what what to pay and and so on what 
what I want to talk about is your acquisition strategy. I know you buy both REOs and notes. You tell other people to look at both REOs and notes. Do you have a favorite or do you, are you just kind of open to what is needed for that deal? I'm open to what is needed for that deal. So I'm open to, uh, and that's why I always offer, you know, when I go to a bank, when I go to an asset manager, a portfolio manager, I'm always saying to them, hey, I buy both non, um, non-performing notes and REOs. Who should I speak to? So that way I'm bypassing and I'm like, I'm, I'm, cre- I'm creating an alliance before it ends up in, uh, you know, basically to the broker or to the market, to the open market. Um, so, no, I, I prefer both. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Posit- I just love the deal and I love to work out the deal and I like the art of the deal. So my, I, I make most of my money in the acquisition um, of that of that deal. So, um, and that's really where you make your money as an investor. Um, you make your money when you buy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Susie, Susie Berg and Saprina Allen were on the show about two months ago talking <laughs> about, talking about defaulted notes and, and uh, of course they, they're into the residential side of that. And they yes, were talking I, about, I know them very well, actually. Yeah. They're, they're uh, very smart couple ladies uh, right there. Yeah. Um, they, uh, uh, they talked a lot about the, the possibility, not just of acquiring the property, but of potentially working out the note with the owner. Is that a strategy that you really look at on these apartment buildings or does that not work so well? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, working it out with the owner, working it out with the bank and the owner, um, or, Take, you know, so we're really into the exit strategy. And I know Susie Berg and Sabrina very, very well, actually. Um, from um, I, I'm very good friends with someone they worked with for a long time, Dean. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I'm very familiar with, with what they do. And um, it, it really is about working out the deal and whatever exit strategy um, fits the most with that deal. Um, and, uh, since I'm dealing with a little bit larger, larger deals, um, I'm not working out so many, they're doing a lot of single family, doing a lot of exit strategies and a lot of workout programs. In fact, I know that they probably said this, they don't foreclose very often. They usually, um, they usually work it out. Mm-hmm. Correct. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what they used to do anyway. That's, that's the goal. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's the goal with us. Um, our, our goal is absolutely to make everyone happy, the bank happy, um, and 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 us happy. Typically, in these larger deals, the owner is going to walk away because the kind of uh, the the bank isn't as interested in um, in working it out specifically with that owner. That's very typical. But they are they are very interested in that owner just sort of silently walking away and that owner usually is happy with that because they're usually upside down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yes so. I've, I've seen i've seen uh now, now that you say that i've seen lots of owners of apartment buildings who just they, they don't they don't know what to do they can't make their payments their building's half empty they don't have the money to 
get the ha- the half of the units that are empty into a condition where they can be rented. And many times, you know, if they bought the property at the wrong time or with the wrong financing or overpaid for it, even if it was full, they couldn't make their payments. So <laughs> absolutely, so, absolutely, and they are more, and they are they are wonderfully ecstatic to walk away. Exactly. Where <laughs> with that, <laughs> with that, and they should be with that. Uh, with uh, more of the residential. Now you're working many times with the actual resident owner. You know, so now it's their home. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but but in the commercial arena. These aren't their homes, and, and now that they've overpaid for it, the uh, the owner skips away extremely happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not, um, you know, he knows what's, what's happened. He needs to get out. Uh, the market's ripe with this this right now. It's such a wonderful time to get involved in this, um, in this arena, and I don't have to work on so many deals. You know, I don't have to work on, you know, 101 single families, I can work on just one 100 unit, and it's far less hectic, I think. However, I do I do flips, too. So um, there's a lot to be said for um, smaller properties, smaller notes, um, doing that. That is a wonderful strategy. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Sue Nelson about her strategy of buying commercial defaulted notes and REOs. Uh, as a way to get to the properties, a way to flip the properties, a way to make money from the properties, a way to work out the notes, whatever uh, the strategy may be. And I'm guessing you have questions. 877-772-9658 is the number to call here at WMKV. You can also send us an email via our website at askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Sue Nelson, one of the 17 expert speakers you will see if you come to the OREA National New Strategy Summit coming up in just a couple of weeks here in Cincinnati. I forgot to check before I came on the air about whether we still had that seat left at wmkvfm.org. But I guess if somebody goes there and they see it, then there's a seat and they should get it because it's actually slightly cheaper than everybody else is paying. And every dime of that money goes to public radio here on WMKV. Uh, So I apologize for having not checked that ahead of time. But if you go to WMKVFM.org, you can find out more information about the event and maybe grab the last seat or not, depending on whether it's already gone. Sorry. Oh wow! You got to grab that seat. I, I mean, I, honestly, the lineup and it's like it just, just what a great setup! It, I, your your event has always been sort of the um, the Shang Shangri La of uh, of learning everything you need to know about real estate investing. Well, you know, so, you know why um, that I is, think right? Putting that on. Well, it's it, it the, you started the national event with your dad. <laughs> no, no, no. It's um, uh, Oria is a nonprofit, mm-hmm. so you know there's there's a lot of real estate events that that go on around the country, and you know not to not to uh, say anything bad about most of them because I've been to a lot of them, got, gotten a lot out of them, but Oria kind of approaches things differently because it's not you know it's not about how much product can we sell you know and not not that the not that the speakers don't have something for sale but 
uh, OREA has never, and, and they've been doing this convention a lot longer than I've been involved. <laughs> they've been doing this since, you know, uh. I was in high school. Uh, but um, it, it's really the way they've always looked at it is what are the what are the really good strategies in the market right now? And that changes from year to year. I mean, if you look at mm-hmm. if you look at the topics five years ago, they would be completely different topics than you would see this year. And then how do we find the best people to fill them? Whether anyone's ever heard of them or not. So yeah. it's not it's not about getting the biggest name or the you know the the, the killer salesperson or whatever. It's about it's about bringing real value because OREA has this mission about improving the the environment uh, politically, legally, and also in terms of education. So, you right. know, I hear people say, oh, wow, you know, OREA is the best. And, and, and most of them don't even realize <laughs> that it is a nonprofit organization that, you know, this is, yeah, this is a big fundraiser for them every year, but it's not, it, they just don't kind of have the same outlook about how do we book speakers as as some other places that you that you might go to so uh congratulations on being selected sue because uh oh <laughs> it's, it's always I am absolutely yeah it's always a it's always a big thing uh, each year to, to to go find find the folks to to fill those those positions so um and you know i I'm not really a speaker speaker either. So, you know, I do this business every single day. So my speaking um, is really a, a side um, part. I love to do it because I'm a teacher and I have so much passion for, you know, seeing pe- other people succeed and, and, you know, giving them, all, you know, those tools to do it. And so it's a thrill. But um, so that's what's great, too, about about going, you know, I'm, you know, I'm no road warrior. So people won't catch me in a lot of different places. You know, but it's a wonderful, what a wonderful environment. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Yeah, we're we're excited too. Uh, we have a question here via the website at askvina.com. This is from Aaron in Covington, Kentucky, which is uh, just a, a suburb of Cincinnati. He says, Sue mentioned a little bit earlier that this was a great strategy for new investors to get into. But right before that, she said something about buying a $200,000 note for $100,000. Does she have some suggestion about where a new investor might get $100,000? Well, sure, actually. And that's why it's such a wonderful um, opportunity for a newer investor is that you don't need that $100,000. You don't need that $200,000. I have never used actually any of my own money to purchase actually these million-dollar properties that I have done. And really, actually, to tell you the truth, it really comes from creating that, uh, starting to call the banks, starting to call the asset managers, and, and putting together the deal. Once you have that deal, the deal, you can you can bring that deal to anyone for even a very large wholesaling fee if it's a large deal. Um, you know, three million dollar deal may bring in a, you know, fifty thousand dollar or more wholesaling fee, um, because you just put that deal together. So the, the the real value is in the deal. So you can bring that deal to someone else, like you teach Vina um, with wholesaling. Uh, so you're really you can really just bring that paper to someone. But even better, if it, you know. It, what happened with me with that first 104 unit was um, I put the deal together. I got the deal under contract. No money had exchanged hands yet, and three people offered to buy that um, to buy the contract from me, and I was floored. 
So I always had that as an exit strategy. I always had that as a potential, hey, okay, if I don't close on this um, and I can't finish it, I can always sell it. So, um, and that's what happened. Uh, I didn't sell it. I was offered by three people to hold something. They offered me actually 120000 for the for the deal, but it was a $3 million deal. And because of that, because I had that back, I could always sell it. I ended up, um, I ended up purchasing it, getting a loan, bringing in another partner who had a little more experience than me. Um, we raised money for the deal because it was a good deal, and we closed on it ourselves. So, um, so you can definitely do this. You know, that whole oh gosh, where am I going to find the money? Is a big roadblock because again, you, you can always sell the deal if it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. Now, I've heard you talk before about how sometimes you actually get financing from the banks on properties that they are trying to sell you. Can you can you talk a little bit about the sort of the, the creative aspect of this? Oh, my gosh, there's so many cool creative. I, you know what? I will be definitely covering that in Cincinnati, um, definitely, because I love creative deal-making. And that number one creative deal-making strategy, by the way, was taught the, the whole wholesaling idea with, with smaller properties was taught to me by you, Vina, you know, by bringing in, you know, putting that deal under contract and wholesaling that deal. This is just, I just do it with larger deals and sometimes notes and sometimes REOs, you know. So that's the number one sort of creative strategy that allows you to do it with no money, but um, oh god, that there's so many cool creative strategies well, that, that you can do to get in there with the least amount of money. Share, not- share, share just one example with us so we can get some flavor for how how Sue puts other people's money in, gets the bank to give her money, whatever the the latest situation was. Okay, all right. So um, first off, let's just say one thing. Nine out of ten of all of the deals that we've ever done or my students have done, the bank that had the failing um, the failing REO that they foreclosed on has taken back the, the new note, mm-hmm. um, a new mortgage on it, mm-hmm. at 80% loan-to-value or 75% loan-to-value, and then maybe the other funds have come in. Now, um, there is a property that I actually did <laughs> – in Ohio, I'm going to bring this one up in Ohio because I really probably shouldn't, but I won't say that where it's located because it, it might get sticky. But what we did, what we did with this, we came in. It was a hundred thousand, a hundred unit property, um, and we purchased it from from the bank. We we negotiated it as a note. We we. The bank did not want to deal with and could not no longer talk to the owner. Mm-hmm. So they were forcing a foreclosure on the owner. We came in. We negotiated with the owner a deed in lieu of foreclosure. The, the actual president or VIP of the bank moved it over. We foreclosed on it at the exact same moment. They moved it over into a new LLC and took back 100% of the financing on it. <laughs> we only had to put 60000 in escrow for uh, repairs. How did we get that 60000 We brought in a, um, a new um, uh, an investor. Mm-hmm. And we took what was originally a 
uh, 2.2 mortgage on it, and we brought it all the way down to 1.4. Hmm. And the bank did the entire um, new mortgage. Discount financing, the whole nine yards. Wonderful. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's wicked cool. I've got a ton of really cool... Um, I'm wicked into the, uh, to the, to the creative deal structure. And that is actually how you, you know, if you, if you know about these different things that you can do, at, um, with the bank. Now, what if I had come in there and said, listen, Mr. Banker, I don't want to put a single cent down on any property that you give me. I want to buy it. No money down. You're not going to get anywhere. You, you do need to start working with this deal, see the deal. And then start negotiating different ways that you can um, you can work it. And what's wonderful is when it's a larger deal, you're working with the person who's in charge of the actual deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, who's in charge of making a decision versus with a single family. A lot of times, you and it's awesome strategy always, but you're dealing with more of a loss mitigator who um, who can't make the decision as quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. People think, oh, God, it's 100 units. It must be 100 times as hard. It's actually um, not. Mm-hmm. We need to take one more quick break after which we are going to get to this line of questions that have come in via askvina.com. And uh, we're listening to Real Life Real Estate. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Sue Nelson. We're talking about her favorite strategy of buying apartment buildings directly from the banks, whether those are bank-owned properties or defaulted notes at the time at which she buys them. And we have a number of questions here from listeners who filled out the form at askvina.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A.com. Uh, this question is from Tim in Youngstown, Ohio. He says, Vina, excuse me if you think this question is rude, but she opened the door to it, and I've always wondered about this. Why would someone who says, I have a strategy without much competition, go out and teach other people how to do the same thing? It seems a little bit counterproductive. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, you know, it's, uh, I guess it's a legitimate how question. Rude of you. Well, that is Horrible, 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 horrible. You know, I don't know. You know, the thing was, a long time ago, um, I used to teach for on behalf of someone else um, uh, who was one of my mentors. And I literally thought, why the heck would I share every single thing I know? And I do. I I do share it very openly. Why the heck would I share everything I know um, so that I could increase my competition? And you know what's always happened, Vina, which is unbelievable. You know, and I tiptoed lightly on it when I started. Um, But the more I give, the more I, I, I bring out there, the more like people I end up teaching, um, I don't end up with more competition. I end up with a lot more coming back to my company and my business and my soul and everything, you know. It makes me really, really happy to be able to go in and speak to um, people about it. It makes me really happy to see, you know, my students really, really thrive um, and my clients really thrive. But it has never sucked anything out of my company. It's actually brought me more. Mm-hmm. It's always brought me more. And I can't totally explain why it has. Um, I just, and I think I, 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 I would, um, I would tell all of your viewers, 
the more you give, by far, the more you get. And the more you openly share, the more you get. And uh, another thing that's incredible, which was an incredible phenomenon, um, I, I'm not a huge uh, speaker again, so I don't go out there constantly and speak. But what happens is I end up with all of these almost like research assistants everywhere, just bringing me more and more information all over the place. Um, you know, we are not in a environment, uh, or this is not a great environment. Real estate investing is not a great environment with, for total greed and what's mine is mine and mine is mine is mine. It's, you know, if you share, it leads to partnerships, it leads to bringing in other deals, it leads to new relationships, and it leads to really excitement. You know, I love what I do, and I love sharing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is a legitimate question, because there's no question that there are folks out there who make 100% of their money teaching stuff that they do not do. And you and I, you and I both yeah. both know those people. Uh, but you know, whenever whenever uh, my my um, my partner gets on me about why are you teaching, it's fine if you're going to go out and teach wholesaling. Why are you teaching in the Cincinnati area? Yeah. <laughs> my, <laughs> my 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 answer is, frankly, I would rather deal with an educated competitor than an uneducated one. Because they're going to go out, yeah. and they're going to go out and, and try to do it, whether they have the information or not. And I I spend a lot less time fighting with real competitors over deals than I do fighting the damage that people who didn't know what they were doing have done in the market. You know, uh, uh, making making sellers upset because they couldn't close deals, making buyers think wholesalers were terrible people because they were offering deals that weren't deals. And I'm sure it's the same thing. You know, there's a there's a limited number of of regional little regional banks and I'm sure you would rather have someone walk in and make an offer that they can actually close cuz they know, you know, what you know, than have somebody walk in there and string the bank along for 6 months and leave a bad taste about the whole thing in the bank's mouth. Well, yeah, and you know what, it's a wide 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 world. Um, it, it's a very, you know, when I flew, I flew over America one day and I looked down and I was like, oh my God, when I was thinking about competition, I happened to be thinking about competition and I looked down and there's real estate everywhere. I mean, everywhere. Yeah. Only 1% or so is on the market, but in the commercial world it, from banks or even private, um, investors or, you know, everything is actually on the market almost at all times. Everything is, you know, commercial deals people are not emotionally attached to them so yeah i work with banks i i also work with you know portfolio managers special servicers um private conventional sellers um in any way that i can put together a great deal mm-hmm. so um so it's a wide world out there and it's it it it's it an incredible world right now for investing and yeah, I could be worried about my competition, but so far, my competition has only helped me. They've only brought me deals. They've only, you know, and yeah, I've lost some deals to it probably, but mm-hmm. I'm living a much happier life because of it. And in the end, it's only brought me more. Mm-hmm. Now, so we only have about 90 seconds left. So <laughs> I want to, I, I mean, you're you're obviously very excited about what you do. You're very excited about the the market and the opportunities for other folks as well. What what advice would you give people in terms of 
like the biggest mistakes that uh, that you don't you just just you know between now and the convention don't go out and do this <laughs> what are what are, what are <laughs> well, the big uh, mistakes people make the biggest mistake is not getting educated and not and not surrounding yourself uh with other like-minded people and people who have been there before you so i you know i just i the biggest mistake you could make right now is not going to Vina's convention. Um, it's incredible. It has an incredible reputation. I hadn't realized it was all nonprofit. That makes it even better. Um, and, you know, you just don't want to do this completely by yourself. It's not about by, being by yourself and follow other people before you. Be, you know, if I had me over my shoulder five years ago, I would have told myself not to do a few things that caused me a lot of harm, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, so you, you definitely make sure you're there. I'm excited to be there. I will be covering a whole bunch of things, and I can't wait to listen to all the other speakers covering, you know, what they're really passionate about and what's really working for them. So I'm so excited about it. So that would be the biggest mistake is not to go to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we pre- certainly appreciate the plug. And again, listeners can go to WMKVFM.org and grab a ticket to that event that also supports public radio. Don't forget to go to AskVina.com and sign up for the complimentary webinar on Saturday hosted by Oria about the best strategies for the 2015 market. We are about out of time. So we will uh, see you again next week where we'll have more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.